0: There's three ways to grow your business. More customers, the frequency of purchase, and the dollar amount of your purchase. And if you can increase those three areas just 10%, just those three areas, you'll grow your business 33%. It doesn't take that much effort to make these increases from what you're doing right now. If you increase those three areas just 15%, bottom line, 53%, you'll grow your business. This is Michael Senoff with HardToFindSeminars.com. I know you're going to enjoy this interview. What this is is a great example of how to question a prospective client, how to identify and uncover hidden marketing assets. This is a call with Barkas out of Australia. He's a financial planner in Australia. I'm on the phone with him and his wife, and we go over a series of questions in an effort to identify his hidden marketing assets. I think you'll find it quite revealing how a series of nothing but asking questions can reveal so much hidden profit in a business. By the end of the conversation, he was ecstatic, and I hope you'll learn from this recording. Hello, this is Michael.
1: Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm very good. How are you doing? Yeah. Hello.
0: How are you doing, Barkas? Good, nice to talk to you. We've got forty five minutes together. I know Marcia got quite a bit of material from me. Yes. Yeah. So it teaches you ways to look at your business. The best way for me to help you is to ask you some questions about your business. Would that be all right? Yeah. I don't know how much Marcia's told you about what I do. So let me tell you quickly a little bit about what I do here. What I do is I look at a business and I talk to business owners, people like yourself, and I help them maximize their marketing success. Most of our clients are small to medium-sized companies with sales under $5 million a year. I work in a unique marketing approach. I look at all the marketing assets and find ways to leverage and optimize your success from the assets you already have in your business. Now, because I'm trying to leverage existing marketing assets, You can often realize dramatic and profitable growth without having to invest a bunch of money and make a lot of significant changes in the business or what you're doing right now. You know, most businesses are so focused on getting new customers buy advertising, spend money on newspaper ads, it's like we're on a little wheel running round and round just trying to get more customers, more and more and more new customers. Would that make sense to you? Sure. It's not our fault. It's just most business people all around the world are programmed that way. So what I'd like to do right now, I'd like to take a look at your business, see where you are, where you're going, how you're going to get there, and see if maybe we could come up with some ideas that will help you grow. Does that make sense? Usually the businesses I talk to are in one of three different situations. One, they're okay, but they want to do better. Two, they're stagnant and there's no growth at all right now. Or three, they're declining. Tell me where you fall into that category now. Number one, okay. You're doing okay. Would you like more growth in your business? And how much more growth would you like? Have you ever thought about it? Could you quantify it in a percentage per year?
1: Probably 25 to 30% per
0: year, at least. And what are you doing right now, like over the last couple of years? how's the growth been?
1: I set up my account practice about six years ago with nothing. My fee levels will be up to about half a mil at the moment. That's your growth? Yeah, that's growth. And I feel like it's growing. Just that's, I thought, well, let's look at how we can improve on the business and also grow out further.
0: Why should someone do business with you? If someone was to ask you that, how would you answer that?
1: We offer a very good client service. We keep up to date with all the relevant tax changes. that might impact on the client's business. And basically, we also look at the business as the client, rather than just their accounting and the tax side of things.
0: Who are most of your clients? What kind of businesses are you mostly working with?
1: Small to medium-sized businesses, some individual person who just works for someone. Who's got a group system? Who's got a lot like, of tax returns, the property investors, the businesses which employ 40 or 50 staff? How many employees do you have? I uh, currently have four employees at the moment. Did you operate it out of your home? Yes, yeah, a uh, proper office, commercial office. Did you do have a commercial office? Yeah. How many years have you been doing this? I started off in the last six or seven years. The experience that was about 14 years on my part because. Have to work for
0: other firms. So you finally went out on your own? Yeah, about a year ago. So for 14 years you had experience working for firms as an accountant? Yeah. Some of the examples you gave me, you keeping up to date, your fees are reasonable, your experience. Do your customers know that when they consider you as being their accountant? Is that something that your customers and your prospects and even your staff know about?
1: Well, they have uh, fine... Otherwise, the clients wouldn't come and see us. Tell me about your current prospects to
0: sales process. Could you give me an idea of your average closing ratio, like a percentage? Is that possible? For every 10 prospects who inquire, how many will become a client? Could you quantify it?
1: 75%.
0: So 75% of the people who inquire end up being a client.
1: That's right. We don't advertise, but we have a referral base from clients. uh, a client will say, look, Joe Blow, and he needs some tax advice or he was in trouble with tax affairs or his paperwork's messy and he needs to see someone right away. And that client would come in, a prospective client, we would sit down with him and for, say, half an hour to an hour, a bit of advice and say, look, this is the way we go, and up to 80% of the time, that would be our client.
0: And that's probably why your closing ratio is so high at 75%, because these are coming in off referrals from existing clients, right? Right. Is this the main way you're getting your business right now? Yeah, we don't advertise. Let me ask you this. The other 25%, the people who don't come on, what happens to them? What do you do with them? Anything? Any follow-up method or anything like that? To
1: be honest, my problem is I've been working a lot on the business. And it's made it more difficult to sort of make those follow-ups and say, look, you know, how can we help you? Can we do this? Can we do that? How can we help your business? So it's, it's been sort of maybe slap on my side of things.
0: That's understandable. We're all guilty of it. I run a
1: CPA firm. We're sort of fairly similar. We have a GST, which is the consumption tax on goods and services. That was introduced in 1st of July 2000, it's made accountants much more busier. and There's a lot of clients out there that need servicing, but having said that, you're preoccupied with dealing with the office of state revenue, the tax office, mm-hmm. and all these other body corporates, which take up a bit of your time.
0: If you could do 25-30% growth a year, can you handle it?
1: Would you have to put on more employees? Yeah, definitely. I personally don't do the work. My staff do the work, and I sort of review the work. My time is spent speaking to clients, meetings, phone calls, and what have you. I gotcha. How much does each client spend now on an initial transaction? Is there an average you can um, think about on an initial transaction? Yeah. You're probably looking at an average around two, two and 2500 a, a year. Frequency, is it they come and see you once? No, they see me probably four times a year. Mm-hmm. Because you've got to lodge like a business activity statement return every three months. So that's four BASs plus a year-end tax, a final tax, with each other at least four, four times for those who have businesses. Those who lodge just an I-return, which is just an individual tax return, do them once a year. If we specify non-business clients once a year. And yeah, what's that one worth? Could range from say $110 up to $1,000. But the businesses are worth 2000 to 2500 a year. Yeah, some more, some maybe. You have some odd ones who might be worth 15000 So what percentage, how would you break those up,
0: personal returns compared to uh, business?
1: Personal returns, we close to 40, 45%. The businesses will be, say, in the line around 50 55%. And then you've got some one-off consulting and one-off sort of projects.
0: You had mentioned earlier that your prices are reasonable or they're fair. How did you establish pricing for your services?
1: Based on some clients have commented that we are expensive, and I feel sometimes we are, but sometimes because of the results that we achieve, I feel that we're uh, reasonably cheap based on our results. For example, we might have reduced their tax quite a bit. We might have picked up certain things that the client has done errors in their accounts which might have got them an extra couple of thousand dollars, for example. So we look at all of that. But our service is good and our prices are reasonable. And some clients would probably suggest that our prices are a bit more expensive. Would those clients be more the people on the personal return side or the business side? No, no, the business side. Personal side would be would, yeah, a sort of that fee. Do you maintain a database of all your prospects and all your customers? We have like a list of all our clients because... Every client that we have, we've got to enter their information onto a computer software package, which is typically used by accounting firms. So you've got the names, addresses, phone numbers, contact information of each client in a computer.
0: Yeah. So you've got a database, but you're just not doing anything with it right now. How many names would you say is on your total database right now? Close to uh, thousands of clients. Do you have
1: an idea of
0: the retention over the last four or five years? How long will they stay with you?
1: I'd say at least five-year period. Before I started my business, I had a few clients to stayed with me, and that was about, it's been 10 years, but they're mainly small ones. So if they're
0: happy with you and they come on with you, there's a good chance, unless they go out of business, they're going to stay with you? Generally, yeah. How do you capture your customers' and prospects' information? At what time do you put them into that computer? When they become a client or right after? Yes,
1: yeah, as soon as we have the meeting, hand over the paperwork, then we punch in the information onto the computer.
0: So you've never taken that list of your customers and done any kind of mailing through the mail? No, we haven't actually mailed any of our clients. No. Do all your clients pretty much have Internet access or emails or
1: Maybe I'd say forty percent would have email access. If you're talking to someone like builders was on the building site, they may not have email access. If they do, you ask for it when they come on board? We haven't really asked them, but they're aware of our email. What geographical location are your clients? They're probably ninety percent are within our city. Can you deal with a client three, four hundred miles away? We've got clients and clients who are interstate but They'll either come in or send the information by mail.
0: What kind of clients do you enjoy working with the most? Do you like the businesses or the individual returns? Obviously, there's more money in the business ones.
1: I think, yeah, at one stage, I was starting to shy away from the smaller stuff, the iReturns, which, in a sense, are good because you could do an return and, say, 12, 15, something up to 15, charge $110 or something like that. And you can train someone who's less experienced to sort of do that sort of information and look at it, so it take me five minutes to check it. But I think the more challenging stuff is in the bigger side, which where you might spend much more time doing the work, but there might be a check there for $5,000 sitting there for you.
0: A great way to increase revenue is to do alliances or joint ventures with other related businesses. One example is you're talking about 75% of your customers are coming from referrals, and these referrals are coming in without any active referral system. These are just from your existing clients. Imagine if you had just five different joint venture relationships with five different businesses in your local area that could endorse you or refer your service to their customers. The one strategy is many businesses when christmas time comes around or new year's you know they don't know what to send the people they'll send them some card that gets thrown out but they can send them a certificate which thanks them for their patronage thanks them for their business and this year they didn't want to just give them a christmas card or some candy they wanted to give them something of real value and they write a letter which you guys help put together and design for them you've got to do the work for them but they mail it out to their customers and in the letter it's just thanking them for their business and saying, I know you as one of my customers and the types of things you buy, you may come across a situation where you need a very experienced CPA or accountant. And Enclosed is a $50 gift certificate. I'd like to buy you an hour with Barkas, who is an associate of mine, who could review your business, and there's a pretty good chance he can find some savings in your business or some expenses that you're not taking advantage of, and so they endorse you by giving them a piece of paper that does nothing but endorse you, and they're buying for their customer an hour of your time to get them to come in to see you. Let's say you found, just as an example, a chiropractor who's got a customer base of 1,000 names or 500 names. So he sends out a mailing to his list. You would pay for the mailing, and you would pay for the promotion. He writes a letter under his own signature, but you're going to write it for him and get it to sound very nice. And I have templates for him. So he sends out a letter to his customers endorsing you, recommending his customers come see you and talk about some ways of saving money from their business on their taxes. Think how long it took you to build up your 700 to 1,000 customers, all the labor, all the meetings, all the talking, all the reviews of their books. Now you've got 1,000 customers, but what you're doing is you're leveraging all that time that that spent over the years in building his business and what's in it for him. He looks like a hero to his customers. He never contacts them because he really doesn't have anything of value to talk to them about except come back in for another adjustment. I'm just giving you an example. So He comes out looking like a great guy buying his customers 50 bucks worth of expert accounting advice by you. So you've tapped into his years and years of assets, and it's different than... You doing advertising say, look at me, look at me, what a great accountant I am. It's him referring you, just like what's working for you right now with your existing customers. You see? Mm -hmm. But it can be done all in one shot. One mailing goes out to 500 people. Your phone would be ringing off the hook. That's called a strategic alliance or a joint venture, and it's really one of the most powerful and fastest ways to build your business because you're
1: leveraging off the
0: years of his effort in getting those customers.
1: What the would you say would be a result of them coming on board? I couldn't give you a number because
0: it would depend on a number of things. Let's say your goal in the next three or four months was to find five strategic alliances, five businesses, and you want to look for businesses that have a great relationship with their customers. If you find a business that has a great relationship with their customers, and those customers love that business and they trust them, if that business sends them a referral to you, then you can bet that percentage could be extremely high. I mean, it could be as high as... 30, 40, 50 percent. Even if the percentages were 1 or 2 percent, it would still be profitable.
1: Yeah, sure. And you've got a standard template.
0: Yeah, I have templates.
1: For example, we have a client. In the business of selling loans, they sell loans and leases for cars and home loans and stuff like that. They do a monthly newsletter and they've actually asked us if we wanted to make some suggestions in our newsletter because their customers' accounts are lacking in advising.
0: How many clients do they have on our list? I would have thousands. Absolutely. You could double your business just with one alliance like that. And I was going to say, I didn't think of it, but you know who the people you should approach are? Your existing customers, your customer base. Like this example right here, I'm sure you have 5, 10, or 15 of these within your database. Yeah. You could leverage the assets of all your customers, all their mailing lists. You've just got to approach them on it. Yeah. Now, what I would suggest, instead of going in their newsletter, go better than that. Get them to mail a separate letter coming on their letterhead, endorsing you with a letter. Imagine the owner sat down and wrote a personal letter to one client of his. you got to look at it this way. The owner's brother was in trouble with his taxes, so the owner sits down with his letterhead and writes a letter to his brother saying, Joe, I know you're in trouble with your taxes. Look, here's your go-to guy to get this thing resolved. You're writing to one person, but it's going to go out to multiple people. What's in it for him? Well, first of all, what's in it for him, number one, it may be enough that he could offer his customers advice on referring his customers to you may be enough on its own.
1: I think I can overcome that because I, I did make some suggestions which would work really good for his clients. For example, if you went and bought a vehicle for $55,000, it would work really good for his clients. For example, if you went and bought a vehicle for $55,000, you could claim that. back. $5,000 immediately if you were structured in the correct way for GSC purposes from the tax office. If you weren't structured in the right way, you'd have to claim the $5,000 possibly over five years. Now which would you rather, have the $5,000 on the soon as you sign the paperwork or to take a new vehicle, or do you want to wait five years to get that money?
0: You could do it to the specific situation, Bob, as you just mentioned. How many of his customers would fall into making a choice for their taxes
1: on this particular loan? At least 60% would be taking out leases on cars. And whatever. So the letter could be specifically related to that. I'm writing to you because I know you
0: just took out a lease on a car. I wanted to offer you some advice about how to structure the taxes on this, educate them in the letter, and then have a way for them to contact you. So it's directly related to how the customer is going to benefit for calling you. This is even much better than the gift certificate. The gift certificate idea would be secondary. But here's a better way to position yourself. Instead of giving them one free, you want to buy them a $150 consultation. This consultation is worth $150 or whatever you charge per hour, and you're willing to buy it for them. That's more valuable than giving something for free, right? Uh-huh. See the positioning? So whenever any of your joint venture partners or any of your clients endorse to their customers, they're not giving away a free hour of your time. They have arranged with Barkus and your accounting firm an hour of your time, which you bill at 250 bucks an hour or whatever it is.
1: Makes the client look good as well because it shows that the client has spent $250 to buy their client time to see me
0: that's exactly right
1: it looks very good for the client in the same time there's dual benefit because the clients sh- perceive to be paying money for their client to get proper advice even though it's not actually costing the client anything and at the same time we're getting th- them in there so they feel there's some so they feel that there's something there that's a good idea yeah absolutely it makes them
0: look like
1: a hero on their letter they'll say as a valuable customer, We've actually paid for our accountant this certificate for your benefit in the interest of you getting a proper tax advice. Okay.
0: That's why it
1: looks like they're actually spending money for their existing client so uh, their client can benefit.
0: The thing that makes this so powerful is, and you should understand this because you're a numbers man, there's three ways to grow your business. more customers, the frequency of purchase, and the dollar amount of your purchase. And if you can increase those three areas just 10%, just those three areas, you'll grow your business 33%. It doesn't take that much effort to make these increases from what you're doing right now. If you increase those three areas just 15%, bottom line, 53% you'll grow your business. And just the one idea with the letter that we discussed by accessing your database, your customers who are absolutely thrilled with you, who could talk forever about you, how you saved them all this money or how you got them out of a bad tax situation or what have you, would love to do it. They owe it to you. All you need to do is find five or six of those, and you could probably grow your business, double it, very quickly.
1: The good thing but I think that they have a problem the same time with They'll have to implement more fast. Yeah, yeah and
0: that's why I asked you. You've got to choose what you're comfortable with. But what's nice, since you're dealing with direct mail, if you've got a client who's got 1,000 customers, you don't mail out 1,000 letters. You mail out 100. You control the growth. So it can be a controlled growth if you're using direct mail in the joint venture.
1: Or we can target that one customer who has 1,000 clients and then leave the other five for whatever we're going to target until we've got over those thousands.
0: And if growth becomes a problem, you may want to, and it's just an idea, you may want to focus just on your business clients because they're so much more valuable than your individual ones because you're using up a lot of resources just doing those onesie-twosies a year.
1: Yeah, even though they might take all up fifteen, maybe it still takes up time. How much time would one of your staff spend
0: compared to a business client and then comparing it to a personal return. If you've got a guy who needs a return just once a year that you're only going to make maybe 150 bucks a year from, and then you've got a guy who's got a small business, how much time is it going to take to get that client initially? Once you got them, it's pretty set up, but to get that client, if you compare the two, getting the business one set up and everything is going to take more time, right?
1: To set up the business client once take that much longer to set them up will probably take maybe anything for 15 minutes to half an hour. To do their work might be anything 15 minutes to an hour, but we'd be charging 10 times an amount. Exactly. If you've got thousands of
0: people you could do this joint venture letter to, and it's producing a good result, you've been listening to an exclusive interview with Michael Sinoff's HardToFindSeminars.com, interviewing Barcus, a financial planner out of Australia. Here's another bonus tip from Michael Sinoff's HardToFindSeminars.com, and it's a collection of recordings on marketing consulting. I have met a gentleman named Richard, who is one of the world's best marketing consultant, and I have 12 hours of audio interviews all on the subject of marketing consulting. We also have downloads to over 23 reports on the subject of marketing. In the section of recordings, you will find a multitude of ideas that will give you very valuable ideas on how to build and grow your business and also how to teach others how to grow their business with simple, no-cost, low-cost techniques. If you go back to -to hardtofindseminars.com to the main page, you'll see across the top in white consulting services if you click on that page there's a form that will take you into a private secret section of my site I've set up just for you with all these recordings all you have to do is fill out your name and your information and you'll be whisked away to consulting secrets where we have thousands of dollars worth of free downloadable audio recordings in mp3 and flash also the written printed transcripts and PDF that you can start learning from starting today this information is hot. So get on over to hardthefindseminars.com. Check out consulting secrets.